And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on what well, we're recording now, Sunday, April 30th. We recorded a lot of days. We did. More than we, usual. We've recorded a lot. Um, we have a great interview with Max Letterman of NBC Sports Boston uh, coming up for you uh, in a few minutes here. We talked about the Sixers Celtics series because Max is a Sixers fan, but he works for NBC Sports Boston. So he's also kind of he a may fan. be one of the most well versed in both. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. And Sports it was it was both. great. It was amazing. We talked uh Philly Boston. We talked uh well, he works with Scal, so we talked a little bit of, of Brian Scalabrini as well, which was entertaining. Uh Max gave us his his rat list a little mm-hmm. bit too, which was fun. Um so entertaining all around. But before we get into that, we are going to briefly touch on the rest of the series because we haven't talked about a lot of them since. Have we spoken since the Bucks lost? We have, right? Uh, yes, yes. I believe so. Twice, no one. Okay, I I, I can't remember exactly because we had, we had the game um, six pod. So yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and we will talk about the Bruins after the Max interview. We're not Bruins people, but we yeah, have you all came here funny for the Bruins. <laughs> I'm just saying just it's a big thing in Boston, so I figured I'd mention it. But um, better than the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But uh. Today, as we're recording this, the Warriors took down the Kings uh, in the first round in game seven. Great game, or not a great game, but a great series. Uh, great game for Steph. Half I mean, a great he dropped. Game. Ridic- yeah, exactly. Um, Once I turned it kinda off, sucks. Like shit. <laughs> kind of sucks. I was hoping the Kings would win, uh, but now we get Lakers, Warriors in the second round. So that is probably happy. A good amount of money, Jack. <laughs> What'd you say? It's probably very lucrative for us to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, for, for those who don't know, Especially I covered you. the Lakers and Warriors. <clears throat> yes, for heavy. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks to see the Kings go down like this. But uh, the Warriors are inevitable, I suppose, because uh, that's just what they do. <laughs> right? It's funny, like, though, because we talked a lot about this series before it happened, while it was happening, whatever. And your yeah. prediction was Kings in Kings seven, home seven. team wins every game. They flip-flopped on you. They said home team will win all of the first four games, and then they will <laughs> never win again ever. And yeah, they so really the Warriors the won three in a row in the middle of the series. Kings fought them off in game six at Chase Center. Pretty impressive. And then the Warriors, yeah. who won like two games on the road all year, won two against the Kings at Golden One, prevented them from lighting the beam, did not get a mm-hmm. whole lot of rebounds, the Kings. No, they did not, which is annoying because they had the NBA's leading rebounder on their team, and Kevon Looney was just like, "Nope, I'm gonna be that guy now, and you're not gonna get any rebounds." He's been and... killing them all series. <laughs> He's been phenomenal every day. We were we were going on writing, and it's just like, up oh, twenty more rebounds for Looney. <laughs> yeah, give credit to Kevon Looney. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's averaging fifteen point one rebounds a game in a seven game series. Like <laughs> that's kind of crazy. He's leading the uh, NBA rebounding in the playoffs. 5.3 offensive rebounds a game. That's, I mean, if, if that's get against the Celtics, you're, you're, you're real mad. So, uh, give Kevon mad Lee, as hell. He's only averaging seven points, uh, four assists, 15 rebounds. He's just been a monster on the glass. So the assists are hilarious. Him. Cause he's just like kicking out for three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give him credit though. Shout out Kevon Looney. He's probably the, uh, the highlight of that series. If it weren't for 
Steph Curry putting up like 50 in a game seven. But it's crazy. Uh, shout out them. The Heat took down the Knicks yeah. uh, in game one of the second round. <laughs> Sam's very happy. Dude, I was uh, dropping 50 myself on Twitter today. Mm. I was talking all all the shit. I was like, <laughs> look at that. The uh well, I love how happy everybody was for the Knicks. Not really, I actually hate it. Mm. But it was great <laughs> to see them lose in game one. Because all you heard in that yeah. first round when they played those bums, Cleveland, who by the way should be even more ashamed after watching today. They're bad. About how the fake garden was a fortress. <laughs> oh, oh my god, teams can't play here. The crowd's great. Crowd is great. Crowd's fine. Give him credit, it's fine. But you lost at home. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler I mean, hurt himself, by the way. Jimmy Butler did. hurt in crunch time, just hung out in the corner. Jack took a video of it, just hit like fake shooting threes, <laughs> like miming shooting yeah. threes. And they still weren't able to execute down the stretch. I think Mitchell Robinson picked up a little injury. Well, Eyeball there, were, there. there was one there was one point where they got Jimmy Butler and RJ Parrott, then switched him off. They like called for a screen and got somebody else. Which, it was like the, the Knicks crunch time offense was completely ridiculous. Like they, they had no idea what they were doing. They got outclassed by the heat. Shout out Gabe Benson. Shout out Jimmy. Shout out Kyle Lowry. You played like, I, Hey, I, you can laugh at those players, but it's they so played funny. Well. They played really well. I won't be it's, laughing in two weeks. Exactly. But you know what it is? Like coach Bo damn well might be the best coach in the NBA. He is probably the best moment of the day. When Butler turned yeah. his ankle, <laughs> Devin and I were watching the games. And when it zoomed in on Spo, and he looked like he was about to cry, and then he just goes "fuck." When he when he realized Jimmy was hurt, that made yeah. me double over laughing. That was so funny. Whoever was in charge of shooting that for ESPN slash ABC, <laughs> great job. You deserve every penny and plus more. Um, yeah, great to see the Knicks lose. RJ Barrett, uh, fake good game. He came out and scored a bunch of points in the first quarter, and then barely scored for the rest of the game. Not only really was quiet for the rest of the game, but you knew he was out there in the fourth quarter because he was selling. Uh, really bad stretch for him in the fourth quarter. I guess he's really not a confident player because the whole crowd has to chant for him. He's at the free throw line. And then when he's on the road, he sucks. <laughs> so he really relies on the crowd being nice to him. That's interesting. They weren't chanting for him after he turned the ball over, though. So they really weren't committed to trying to help tough. him. Very tough. Once he started to suck, they stopped cheering. Yeah, tough for the Knicks. I still think they win the series, if you want my honest opinion. I think the Knicks I win the series. Not. But uh, we shall see. Uh, the Nugget, Randall out. Randall is out. But I, he'll, I Surprised they didn't he'll win. Come back. I think he'll boost. come back eventually. It's not a boost. And I know you're doing this thing, but it's not a boost. Um, the Nuggets smacked the Suns in game one of that series. I picked the Nuggets at the start. I still think they'll win. As Greeny tweeted, the Suns have a basketball math problem. Sam, you, you're the forefront of the take more mid-range shots doesn't really work when you take 10 threes in a game in 2023. You just can't, you don't win very much when you're doing that. They are killed. They got killed. I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch a lick of the game. I did. I know what you're talking about with the tweet. I don't know what the numbers were. I'll, I'll pull it I'll up. Pull right it up. Now. I'll pull just it up. So I I can look too. Open right now. I'll do both. I'll yeah. Look. I'll read it out. Uh, the Suns took 23, three shot seven of 23. The Nuggets shot 16 of 37, but the Suns only took 10 threes in the first half. I think it was, or maybe five. Like, they just love to live. Well, well, what? this is not a testament to this. This is not tell the whole story. What do you mean? 
Denver also took 17 more shots than the Suns did. Also true. Also true, yes. But in fairness to the argument, they only did made Did you see like the clip more. of Aiden? Did you see the clip of Aiden? No. <clears throat> pull it up. Pull this up quick. Pull uh, up. DeAndre Aiden has been getting cooked, <clears throat> excuse me, on uh, on Twitter, I on saw Instagram, something. on anything. And it was like, you guys still want Aiden? And it was like the Dallas yeah. community so, on Reddit. Let me pull up this tweet real quick. Um, <laughs> this is DeAndre Ayton. We have a couple people waiting for a later segment, but they'll they'll we'll have, we'll have him on. Individuals. <laughs> You'll hear from the Bruins fans after we talk to Max Letterman uh, in the edit. But this was DeAndre Ayton, Sam. Uh, him on Twitter, uh, just kind of chilling there, watching. <laughs> oh, he's just hanging out. <laughs> and a lot of some fans Oof. were too happy with him, but uh, I wouldn't yeah, be not- happy. Nuggets won game one of the series. Um, we're gonna get Lakers, Warriors, obviously Celtics, Sixers, and then Nixie. I think we covered them all. I think that's all the series. You'll get plenty it, of Celtics, Sixers. We're gonna talk yes, to you yes. in a minute. Yes, yes. Um, quick prediction: Who wins each series? I think Celtics, Knicks. Oh, I hate this. Celtics, Knicks, Warriors, Nuggets. I think Warriors. Denver's won game one. Aiton looks terrible, dude. That that video you just showed me like makes me feel really bad about them. So I guess Denver. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to go against Katie and Booker, but they don't have a lot of depth. CP3 isn't going to give them a whole lot. I assume you have the Heat winning that series. I I'm going to go Heat. I I think and not for nothing. This is like half troll, but half not. Miami does have experience. Like they do. This is pretty much the same group that took the Celtics to seven games. They've been to the finals. Yeah, they've been to the finals. Why not? Yeah, they they won game one. They took home court, which Miami's the real fortress. They haven't lost there yet. And they have Jimmy Butler, kind of. So we'll see. I I would love in Celtics. And uh, love to see the Knicks lose. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, uh, we're going to throw it over to our interview with Max Letterman. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, It was a fun one. And we'll see you guys after that. And I would like to welcome in Mr. Max Letterman of NBC Sports Boston, longtime friend of the show. Haven't had him on in a while, but with the Celtics drawing the 76ers in the second round, we thought it was time to have him back. How are you doing today, Max? Thank you for joining us. Doing great, guys. I'm excited. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I mean, you're at a weird crossroads, right? Because you are you are a Sixers fan, but you work for not the Celtics, but NBC Sports Boston. So you're covering the Celtics. That's That's got to be a weird little mix there. It is. I mean, people always ask, like, well, who are you rooting for? And even my kids are like, so who do we want to win? And it's just, you know, we want a healthy series. We want exciting, entertaining basketball. And no matter who wins, we all win, right? So it yeah. doesn't really matter. Well, we as in you, not us. No, <laughs> so at least don't win. I'll be very, very sad. <laughs> even more so with this Embiid news mm. that has been going around today. Even, even the reports from Shams have been a little bit strange. He reported, and for those who don't know, it's doubtful via Doc that uh, Embiid will play in the first game. He's dealing with an LCL sprain, and Shams followed up. But the way he followed up his own tweet was Embiid, uh, he's been dealing with pain, but he's been going through exercises, doing shooting drills, and will be reevaluated daily. This is the kind of thing that's like, I, I feel like they're screwing with all of us. I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. <laughs> I've been skeptical all year of just like, okay, everything has to go perfect for the Celtics. Like, this is the year. This is the year. So anything that could go wrong, 
scares me a bit. I don't know. This this whole thing seems so strange to me. They've had a million days off now. Obviously, this isn't an injury that goes away overnight, but you don't think it would be as severe this far in. I don't know. Well, the general rule with Shams is, or with the, like, you got the Woj and the Shams. I mean, Woj is a team. Shams is an agent. That's just the, I mean, they both have sources on both sides, but uh, Shams felt a little agenty where he was like, you know, Embiid, you know, has fought through, you know, pain injuries before. And so it did feel a little bit like we're going to set up a bit of a narrative here um, about it when he does come back. But it does seem like he's going to miss game one, which is pretty crazy because I thought the Celtics kind of blew an opportunity when they mm. when they didn't close out in five Agree. with the Hawks. But it looks like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if Embiid misses game one, and he's back for game two, then, yeah, the Celtics would have had him out for two games instead of one. But, you know, it does look like, you know, you know, as a Sixers fan, I could tell you it's a, it's a yearly occurrence where, I mean, it's generally not a knee or something like that. It's usually some freak accident where Pascal Siakam elbows him in the face in like the last minute mm-hmm. of a series and he's just out because he broke his face. But, uh, or he gets like a stomach bug in the Toronto series. It's like weird stuff yeah. like that with Embiid. But this is one of the more like, oh man, that's a knee, that sucks. Yeah, I wanted to ask, and this is like half making fun of it and half like an actual question. <laughs> Do you think the flopping actually impacted like the knee injury? Um, no, I mean, so he he has been to, it's, he, he's like Tom Brady, like he learned to fall, like it was not a because he hurt himself all the time, jumping yeah. and landing. And as you know, you see Robert Williams right here. Uh, when I see him come down, it 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 pains me a little. I cringe mm. every time, and that's how I am with Embiid. Um, but not when he falls on the ground. It's it's he was taught to fall instead of land on his feet to save his legs, to save his knees, mm. uh, to save his feet. You know, because you know you just it's easier to absorb blows. Like the problem is that he ends up with back injuries, which is what uh, mm. he's dealt with a little bit this year. But um, you know, so I don't I don't know. I mean, Marcus does it. Marcus, I'm sure, has played through many serious injuries yeah. because he got them flopping and he knows that he can't. I can't tell them I'm hurt now. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's definitely happened before, but I, I don't think the flopping did it, but it could have. I just thought it was funny when they were talking about the injury on ESPN, they showed like a highlight reel of him, like, so doing some like questionable, like, I, I, I won't completely call it flopping, but like when Royce O'Neal gave him a little bump and he just kind of like fell over like a, a bowling pin, they threw that in the compilation. Uh, it, it was just funny. And Bede is the, the strongest guy on the floor until he's not. <laughs> It's that it's simple. True. And it's I like Embiid. Embiid is one of my I favorite do. guys that have never played on the Celtics. I think he's hilarious. I think all mm-hmm. of the nonsense on Twitter is great. He'd be a good Celtic. That's an, I, know and that's I agree with that, too. He would be a good Celtic. But I do hate the flopping. <laughs> Just because yeah, he's so no, strong. Bad, but he, he's, the thing I'll tell you about Embiid is that he uh, he does grift. He gets to the line mm-hmm. a lot. Um, that's part of his game. But he's... He's it's like Blake Griffin drawing charges. It's like he kind of doesn't leave the refs a choice. They have to call it because he's just in the right position and he's getting knocked over. And and it beats the same way. He's doing the rip through and he's getting the fact he's hunting it. So that's kind of frustrating, yeah. but it's a foul. Um, and the reason why I do think the Celtics are so good at beating the Sixers is because they don't they don't bite on those as much, or at least in the past they have. And this year. Uh, he had a couple games where he was at the line a lot, but it wasn't um, as egregious as his versus some other teams.
Yeah, yeah, to your point, that 52-point bomb he dropped on them in yeah. April. or Was it April? Yeah, yeah it was April. I think it was early April. April yeah. uh, they literally let him get 52 because they didn't want to foul him. He was at the free throw line with those jump shots, and nobody would go up on him because they didn't want that rip-through call to happen. <laughs> yeah, and they still almost won that game despite Embiid having – I think it was him and Wilt did it two other times. I can't remember what the, like – the categories were, but it was. I got a text in the post game show about like the historic performance that Embiid had. It was him and Wilt two other times. I think it was, uh, you know, fifty two points on that efficiency because it yeah. missed like four shots that game. Um, but they still barely won. It was PJ Tucker who won it with some clutch corner threes. So and the Celtics were down <laughs> several starters. So that's why I, you know, it's the playoffs, so you just never know and. With this Celtics team, I do worry a little bit about like maybe they just feel a little too good about owning the Sixers. You know, I, I joked three weeks ago with one of my coworkers. You know, I was complaining about the Celtics. I was like, "What if they play the Hawks in the first round and they just don't respect them?" And it kind of, you know, it didn't really happen because they were up two zero and then uh, up three one, and so they did play with their food a little bit, but it wasn't as bad. But you know, I almost think maybe Embiid not playing gives. Philly a better shot in game one just because the Celtics just this year tend to really like get themselves out of games because they just don't care enough they think that they're you know because they were in the finals last year they know how good they are and sometimes just maybe subconsciously they don't take teams as seriously as they should but I don't know I think if you ask anybody they're like oh I would much rather play the Sixers without Embiid yeah We've reached yeah. uh, all they have to do is not be the absolute worst territory. <laughs> the second straight year, you saw it against Atlanta. They got through them in six games, should have been five, gave Embiid the extra couple days to rest. Now you've got Philly. And Jack, I've said this to you a bunch of times leading up to this. For me, this feels almost 2004 Yankees to me. It, they have owned Philly. This is their red carpet year to walk to the finals. You know, my, Milwaukee just lost. It should be an easier path, and it feels like they're like due to lose to him. It's starting to scare me, especially now when Bead's hurt. <laughs> I'm I'm so skeptical. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm I've got the tinfoil hat on this year. Yeah, I, I wrote something for Celtics blog. It'll be out by the time, excuse me, this drops. But I titled it "The Celtics Are Not Fine in the East," sort of mocking the Grizzlies for uh, their parading around all season. And Grizzlies it's like you should be ashamed. <laughs> it's exactly what you said. Like every time the Celtics go up or every time they're playing in a series better, uh, excuse me, where they're better than the opponent, they just kind of come out with like this apathetic style of basketball. Like they don't really care, right? They're, they're just out there going through the motions. Like, yeah, we'll beat this team. And then Trey Young hits a dagger at the end of the game and they lose, or, you know, they, they collapse in the final, you know, quarter commit five turnovers and Trey Young shoots five free throws. Like they, they just go through these motions of we're just going to do whatever we want, play isolation ball and try to bleed the clock. And, like you said, Max, with a beat out, it sort of feels like maybe the Sixers have a better chance because the Celtics won't necessarily care as much. And I mean, you look at the Sixers first round series, obviously the Nets aren't the best team in the world. Uh, it's just when Spencer Dinwiddie's leading your offense, you probably don't have a great shot. Uh, Tobias Harris shooting like 57% from deep. Tyrese Maxey coming off a hot series. Like they, they've they got guys stepping up for them. Do you think we see... My thing with the Hawks was I thought the Celtics would come out and lose game one. Right. I thought they were just going to like come out flat footed, not care. And now I worry that that could happen against Philly this time around. It could. But, you know, hopefully the game five, because game five to me was just so disappointing. Even after they mm -hmm. clinched it the other night, I was like, man, I still can't believe they lost game five. That was just on your home court. 
you have the double digit lead going in the fourth quarter. Like, what are we doing? And it just, I just hope that that was a wake up call that they kind of just got that out of their system and they, maybe they needed it. You know, that's how you can spin it positive is that they, you know what they needed to, to just get embarrassed a little bit by Trey young. Like he just took a dump on the parquet and like was shushing your fans and talking all that trash. And before game six, I was, you know, telling some of my friends, I'm like, they, I just want Tatum to, to start clapping at some Hawks fans, you know, start talking trash. And he didn't really until the end, but he did get a flex in there. I love the flex. And Al got the trash talk started. Like just play with swagger. You're the better team. Just dominate. And they did. And they, that closing of the series was like, man, that was really impressive. That was a real great stretch of basketball from literally everyone on the Celtics. They they were so good. The Jalen block where you could you could he just yelled when he did. He's like, oh, you know, like ah, oh, the block on Murray and you know all of the guys just steeing up and Al hitting clutch threes and uh, Tatum with the putback. Marcus made a bunch of great plays after struggling and then getting benched and then coming back mm. in. It was just like. You know, Joe pushed the right buttons. He called the timeouts at the right time. It just, it was, it kind of was like, all right, they grew up a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter here, and hopefully they can carry that. And just, you know, it, they're human, so they're going to make, you know, mental lapses here and there. But, like, to collectively, like, even the coach just, like, forget everything that they knew about basketball for the fourth quarter in game five was just really disheartening. And just the, the way that they slow down, and it's like, I mean, how many times can you 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 see that? Like, I mean, it's, there's data, there's science. You know, five forty eight <laughs> has an article about how like the, the faster you get into your actions on offense, the better your offensive rating is. It's a scale. The longer you wait, the worse it gets. And you know, there's no way that Joe Mazzulla doesn't know that. You know, he talks <laughs> about the pace all the time, and you can see him, you know, telling his players to go. It's just whether they decide to listen or not that's the problem, and that's where. I've been critical of Joe and it's not because I think he's a bad coach. It's because you have to be able to MF your best player in front of the team. And maybe he does behind the scenes, but like you need to hold them accountable. You know, and that's the one thing that I thought Ime did uh, last year was that he, he called them, you know, soft or whatever. And like he, need, he needed to do to get through to them and it resonated and they decided to just stop losing in January of that year and went all the way to the finals. And it was great. And the one thing I worry about is that Joe is more of like Brad, where it's, you know, he's more of a player's coach. He doesn't get in their faces like that, uh, at least publicly. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that the, you know, it, it all comes down to Tatum. It depends on what mood he's in. He was a savage in that Brooklyn series last year, you know, going up against Durant. Um, just really took each series kind of personally until he ran out of gas in, in the finals. But even then I thought he had good moments as well. So, you know, it really is, it's Tatum. It's all about Tatum. Cause I think the rest of the team is ready, but they need their leader to be a dog. Yeah. Speak, speaking of Tatum this year against Philly, he hasn't been very good. That, that may have something to do with PJ Tucker. We saw him kind of struggle against Miami in the conference finals last year. He's only averaging 21, on 44 and 28.6 splits. Not great from Tatum. Only had 12 in that February 8th game when he was the only starter in the second half. And they <laughs> they still won. I mean, they have had some pretty crazy games against Philly where even that last game with the Embiid 50 ball, they didn't have Brown or Williams and they still almost won. And that was another one they didn't win in the clutch. 
I, I was so happy from game six. Like you said, they actually clutched up. They actually won a close game. Mm-hmm. Jack and I were texting back and forth. And we were like, you know, does this like, <laughs> I mean, for them to win, they're, they're throwing punches back and forth. They need to separate this game before the fourth quarter for them to actually win. I thought they were going to go to game seven and they all turned up. Joe loses a challenge and all of a sudden they remember how to play basketball. It was fantastic <laughs> to watch. Very encouraging going forward, all jokes aside, because you need that to go deep in the playoffs. Hopefully against Philly, we don't have to worry about some close games, especially if it, with no Embiid. Uh, they've got Harden there too, where people are like, he's hurt, he's not hurt. What do you feel about Harden right now? Do you trust him? It is the playoffs. No, of course I don't trust him. <laughs> um, but he's actually got good numbers versus the Sixers this year. And just I think the the underrated thing is his health about like you mentioned, he is he hurt, is he not? Well, he didn't look good uh physically in terms of just his burst uh versus Brooklyn. He just can't make layups anymore. He doesn't really even try, but he's such a good passer, especially with that uh you know, the pick and roll combo with him and Embiid. It's just incredible. It's so good. And you know, he's crafty, but you know, the extra time for him, I think, might be even you know, just as big a deal as the extra time for Embiid because, you know, just resting, if it's a soft tissue injury, just getting that extra rest. But the problem with him, you know, it's not like he's relaxing when he doesn't have a game to play. It's not like he's, <laughs> you know, in a hyperbolic chamber somewhere, uh, you know, just getting all the oxygen in his blood up. Right? No, he's out at the clubs. He's in Vegas, you know, slapping friends or whatever the rumors are. I mean, so... <laughs> Maybe you worry a little bit about him being, you know, needing to get his win back, get back in shape after all this time off. But um, yeah, that's to me one of the big things. And the real key, I would say, is Tyrese Maxey because as a Sixers fan, boy, do I love him. He just brings a joy to the game. He's so fun. Uh, he's so, so fast, but he sucks versus the uh, Celtics for some reason. Yeah. It just, I mean, in our pregame meetings uh, before the the pregame show, when we're you know deciding what to talk about, you know, I'm always pitching. We got we got to do a graphic on on Tyrese Maxey. Trust me, we we need to educate the audience about this guy. He's great. And then my you know my boss agrees. We do it, and then he sucks. And my boss like, well, this guy's a, just a Sixers homer. Doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, he's good versus every other team. Really, um, I don't know what it is. I haven't really analyzed it. Why he struggles against the Celtics, but. He's a key because, you know, I know Scal said, I think Eddie House may have even said it too, like like Tyrese Maxey needs to be the second best player on the Sixers if they're going to advance. And I believe he, well, him and Harden were both good in the in the first round, but he really just adds another layer. And that speed is just, that's difficult to deal with. I wonder yeah. if he shines, sorry, Jack. <laughs> I wonder if he shines because typically Harden gets the best defensive guard. But against the Celtics, they kind of have two or three to throw around, and he doesn't get the extra breathing room like he would get maybe against a Brooklyn where it's Dinwiddie and somebody else, right? Or, yeah. or Bridges. Like Bridges probably guarding the best perimeter guy. But the Celtics, it's smart or white. Take your pick. Play rock, paper, scissors. You're not going to be successful either way unless you're Trey Young in game five. Um, <laughs> I can see that. I do remember February 8th, I went, and this guy in front of me had a Maxi jersey, and Maxi had like six points. He was so disappointed. <laughs> That's true. And that's a good point. It could be, it could be that it could be that just the Celtics defensive scheme could just be, you know, just a bad matchup for him. You know, he kind of, it's just, it, it's weird with him, you know, cause it didn't really seem like it was great, a great fit at first with Harden. 
You're like, what are we going to do with Tyrese? But then they kind of just find pockets for him. And then he got hurt, and the Sixers went on a run, and he went to Doc and was like, hey, just bring me off the bench. Like, he volunteered it for, like, a 21-year-old kid to do that. I thought that was really big, and they they did that for a while. And I think he – you know, any, like, sixth man that has a good game gets, you know, bumped ahead of Brogdon for sixth man of the year odds instantly on DraftKings. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that that – narrative went away for a while or real quickly because he went back into the starting lineup um where he belongs but um you know he just you don't need to like run things for him he just needs to be involved and like i said it's that blazing speed he's a great finisher his floater is just a thing of beauty it's up there with you know my favorite play in basketball right now is Derek white's floater i just think it's just a beautiful thing it's i think about it like a lot just i'm laying in bed before i go to sleep but ah, Derek white's floater oof just love that thing I'm at the gym practicing it for no reason just because <laughs> i love it uh, but maxis is up there with that uh it's it's great him and quickly being on the same team in college both guys with nice little floaters is like man i wish i'd watched that team play because that would have been an exciting thing to see but uh he's just that burst and he's so good at finishing around the basket but you know it's really just about opportunities and we'll see we'll see what kind of series it is but it is a really – I don't remember him ever having a good game versus the Celtics in his entire career. Yeah, I mean, Maxi coming off a series, he took the most shots per game on the Sixers at 17, 7.5 threes a game on 50% shooting, right? Like, he, he, he was – I mean, playing the most minutes too. I know Embiid missed a game, but, like, he was their number one offensive option. And I, I wonder if – do you think, like – I know you 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 talked about how he doesn't need to have X Y like set up for him, but do you think there is an advantage to going from a team like the Nets, who I, I was a fan of the Nets when the, they made the trade, right? Like Mikael Bridges, like they've got good players, but it just seemed like they're not a good team, if that makes sense. Like they just didn't have time for to uh, form any cohesiveness. Going from that sort of thing where he sort of has a bit more freedom going against a team that's not as connected, maybe uh, where he's able to thrive as that number one option, take the pressure off of James Harden and Joel Embiid. Do you think there's a mental aspect of for like, and this is for Harden and Embiid and Maxi, like when you're playing the Celtics, he's like, all right, well, we're playing the Celtics. This is a good team. This is a championship team. The ball needs to be in Embiid's hand. And so he's like almost subconsciously more like deferring to those guys. He could, it could, it could happen like that. But I think the reason that he he led them in shots is that the Nets took Embiid away. Like they were, mm. and it was a stupid strategy in my opinion. It was just like <laughs> Embiid in the past that was smart, but like he's evolved enough, especially in the playoffs, where it was just like he's not going to fight through triple teams. If you send multiple guys at him, he instantly is just going to pass it. And Maxi was just feasting off of open looks. I mean, and the role players are really the thing. Uh, that that won that series and I would say and I just feel like the Celtics approach and beat a little bit differently they they do double him but they are strategic about when they do they send him late maybe and you know they just you know they give him different looks because make him think make but like the Nets were just so like basic every time doing the same thing and he just waits for the double team throws it to the open guy hits an open three and they win the series um, he didn't look great. He didn't look happy. You know, he gets mopey, but whatever. They won in a sweep. Uh, and part of that, too, he was hurt. But, you know, so I think with the Celtics, it'll be a little bit different. Like, I felt in that last game where Embiid scored all those points versus the Celtics, they were just like, you know, we're just going to let him get his. And that's okay. We're going to, um, 
you know, try to cover the other guys. And I think that's a smart strategy because you could double Embiid and he'll still shoot over you. He's that special. And so you're just, you're just giving opportunities for other guys in that, in that way. So I think the Celtics are just a better team, better, like a thousand times better than the Nets. The Hawks are way better than the Nets as well. So it's like, it's just a different step up for the Sixers. You know, we'll see how much the rest, um, benefits them versus the rust of just being off for so long it'll be well over a week that since they played basketball uh they won't have one of their best players or their best player obviously the league mvp so you know it's going to be interesting game one might be might be a good like surprise punch for them but i don't know i think unless you know there there could be a melton game you know melton Mm -hmm. melton's a great like Great guy to have on your team, but you see why he's not like a a bona fide starter. It's because he has real bad games, his bad shooting games, and he's <laughs> he's a shooter. He's going to shoot that ball. Uh, he's not very, you know, he's got he believes in himself. It's good. He's not like a Dylan Brooks type where he's going to shoot team hit the team out of the games. But you're just going to get bad nights from him. But he's a really good defender, really good defender. He's a good rebounder, mm. and you know when his threes falling, he's he's a dangerous offensive player as well. Yeah, I, I wanted to also circle back to James Harden real quick because he shot like 27-ish, if my rough math is correct, from two against the Nets. He shot really well from three, but like he was like, I think the math is like 2.3 makes for every eight uh, shot attempts from two-point range. Didn't get to the free throw line. He had like seven total games during the regular season where he shot less than three free throws and he averaged less than free th- uh, three free throws for the series. So it's like I-, I saw a lot of talk about, you know, he he's not getting the calls. I saw some people saying he's just not driving as much because he's evolved more into like a volume shooter rather than a fit. Like, what is it with James Harden that Celtics fans can expect? Is he going to keep drunk? Like you saw opening night of the season. He's drawing fouls at the three-point line, you know, annoying the Celtics, getting inside, drawing fouls. Taking years off my life. Exactly. Like, is that just not his game anymore, or was it just a rough series for him in that regard? No, he – so the play – I think that's been the issue with him forever in the playoffs is that Mm. he just – you know, the playoffs are different. You're not going to get the calls that you get in the regular season. You're just not. They're going to let more things go, and teams will play you differently because it's a series. It's not just one game this week. And then we'll see you in like a couple weeks. It's it's we're going to have a series. We're going to adjust. We're going to play it differently. And um, so I think that's always kind of been an issue. And now he just doesn't have that first step, which he was never like a blow by you guy. He's just so good at changing speed and his handles like obviously ridiculous. But if you don't have just that enough first to make it work, he just wasn't able to get by guys and he can't finish because he's not, he was so dependent on getting the contact and the foul. And now I think he's a little shook about it. He's just like, well, why am I going to go in here and miss this lap if I'm not getting these calls? And then he's on the ground or going like this and he's <laughs> not fast enough to get back on defense. And I just think it did seem a, mid- a little bit mental with him just making a choice not to go in there. Because Sounds like another guy. Dang layups. It was like, what are we doing here? If the three's falling, he's dangerous because that step back, it's unguardable. There's nothing you yeah. can do. You have to be behind him to block it. Uh, but if you miss enough of those, oof, that's a killer. You know, we saw it with Trey Young just taking those long threes. Those are, if those don't go in, those are momentum. I mean, they're they're haymakers if you if you hit them. 
But if yeah, you yeah. miss, the impact that has on on your teammates are just like, ah, did you really take that shot? Man, we were trying to, you know, move the ball a little bit. You know, it happens with the Celtics too. And, you know, when Tatum just feels like he needs to just shoot 10 threes and, and he's pulling up a little, a little too early in the shot clock and you're just like, man, I get it. You're awesome. You're a top five MVP guy, but boy, just move that ball around. It's going to come back to you. Um, right. So I think Harden is, you know, we'll see. His passing is elite. Um, mm. He's big enough to not be a total, you know, traffic cone on defense, but <laughs> he does, just doesn't have that burst anymore. And, and we'll see what the, the time off did for him, but I'm not worried about like Trey going into that series. I I'm like, that's a killer. That's a guy who will kill you in a playoff series. He's, he's an alpha MFer who, who just wants to embarrass you in on a big stage. Whereas Harden has never been that in the playoffs. He's just never been a guy that's like going to shush the crowd or like a Dame who's going to eliminate two teams on game winning shots in a, in playoff series. And then just have that awesome look in the camera, you know, where he's being piled on by his teammates. It's just like, Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's not Harden, you know? And, and so they don't have the Sixers don't really have a guy like that. You know, they have a good team. They have really good players, but they don't have like a, a guy that's just like, all right, all right, all right enough. I'm going to, Oh, the, the, the crowd is talking trash to me. Okay. I'm going to hit this shot. This really important shot in this playoff game. And I'm going to go look at, like the plumber that's sitting in, you know, the 14th row and talk trash to him. They don't have that guy. Uh, okay. Speaking of guys, who's the guy, if not D'Anthony Melton, cause you made a very good pitch for him that I'm going to hate uh, in two weeks. <laughs> who's it going to be? Oh, Niang, the big Niang theory. Oh, I like oh, Niang. Man. Don't make me hate him. Oh, I like him. He's, he's from here. Paper, man. He's oh, I'm, I'm talking it into his existence already. He's from here. He looks like me. Like, you know, he has he has the dad build. Yep. Oh, I can yeah, see for it. sure. He drives a minivan. No, yeah. You're gonna... Does he? Is that no, real? That's his I think he does, yeah. Okay. Um, he he is a trash talker. He'll get in anyone's face. He just doesn't look like he should be good, but he'll hit shots. I mean, that's the kind of player that we can't stand is the like, what are you even doing in the NBA? Oh my god, you just hit a really big shot against my team. Like, that's the worst <laughs> kind of player where you're like, you shouldn't even be good. But you're hurting us. Like if Grayson Allen hit big shots, yeah. oh, or if he, you know, him. if he shot the ball before time ran out too, that'd be a good right. start for Grayson. Yeah. Allen. Or if they yeah, call a timeout when they had one. But <clears throat> that you know, any any criticism I have of Joe, you know, just go look at the Budenholzer, and oh, man. it goes away. So no, yeah, I think Niang could, if he plays enough, could do that. Otherwise, I mean, Melton, like I said, he'll steal the ball and it'll be annoying. Uh, you won't dislike Maxi because he's just uh, he smiles everything he does. He's smiling <laughs> and brings a joy to the game. Uh, that's really fun. Uh, I'm obviously biased, but I just love him. He's just a just a, a pleasure to watch play basketball. I mean, if you don't hate and beat or harden already, you're gonna hate him after this series. Uh, Tobias Harris, good good person, seems like a good guy. He's in some funny commercials, <laughs> but you're, he's not gonna do enough for anyone to hate. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe. tough for Tobias Harris. <laughs> that's like calling a team fun. Like they're yeah. fun, but that's like we the always most say like calling a team fun is the most insulting thing you can do a team do to a team that thinks they can compete. Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's the thing is that you just you just want to be entertained. But Tobias is mm. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't hate him as much as a lot of Sixers fans do. Like I was, you know, a bunch, bunch of Sixers chat, uh, chat groups going on and they all just like, just slander him. And I'm like, he's pretty big last series. What we're doing. Yeah, he shot know, like 57% from three. That's pretty good. Right. <laughs> and the problem, the problem with Tobias is that he's paid like a, a star and he's yeah. fourth option. And it's not his fault. He did the thing that any of us would have done, which is, oh, you want to pay me $40 million? Yeah, sure. I'll take that money. Um, but I think it would have been better to, one, keep Jimmy Butler. Uh, and two, <laughs> use that money for, like, several good players rather than one guy who's, you know, he's a good player, but just uh, you shouldn't be paying your, you know, it's like drafting a running back uh, in the first round. You know, you just you don't want to allocate those resources that way. But uh, no, he's a good player, and I think that in certain situations, he can he can go get you a bucket. He can he can if he sees a mismatch, he'll back him down, and he's good he's good mid range inside. It's just he for a long time he wasn't good enough at shooting threes, so he just really depended on the mid range, and it just wasn't efficient enough. And you need to be a good three point shooter and a good mid range shooter to make the mid range you know doable. And uh, he just wasn't that for a while, but he has been this year, and I think he really accepted his role. He bought in. He's not the worst defender. He's big. Uh, he can rebound. And like I said, he can just, he can, you know, kind of like what Derek White, I mean, Derek White's, I think, a thousand times better. But kind of like when Derek White just decides, like, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to, mm. instead of passing the ball, I'm just going to just go score. And you're like, oh, oh, why are you? Oh, okay, that's good. I like that you did that. Like, he'll do that sometimes where it's like, wow, you should totally be giving the ball to Embiid or Harden or Maxi, But, oh, it went in. So good. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, speaking of people that Celtics fans might hate after the series they had with offensive rebounding, I see Paul Reed mm-hmm. pulled down 17 offensive rebounds in four games. What the hell? I, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Tell be... me this. <laughs> I thought they got off with Embiid being out. <laughs> no, no. Was he that like good on the glass for the Sixers last series? Like did, did the numbers match what he could potentially do to Celtics fans? Yeah. I mean, he just plays so much energy, so much energy. The thing he's just, he's just, the thing that holds him back is he, I don't think he's got the smartest basketball IQ. Mm. Um, makes some choices sometimes that aren't great, but uh, if you don't box him out, he's going to go for that offensive rebound, and it's just going to keep. If the Celtics are alert, it'll be fine. Uh, I mean, the Nets—they didn't really have anybody. You know, Claxton, of course, got kicked out of that game for. Yeah, I don't know. It was a pretty soft <laughs> toss, if you ask me, but it was also very stupid to make that put yeah, it even yeah. out there to even have a chance to get kicked out. But so it's not, it's not like they had, you know, Al Horford, Rob Williams, and just, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are also really good rebounders, you know, out there. So, but yeah, he's fun. And when Embiid's not in there, he's going to just, he's going to catch a lot of lobs from Harden, a lot of lobs. So, you know, he's not nobody, but I don't think you're going to hate him because, again, he plays with, like, a, a joy. And I don't see, you know, and I had, didn't watch every Sixers game, but he doesn't seem to, like, like go at other players and get in their face or anything. Yeah. Like, he's not going to, like, pick fights. He's just going to just try to dunk everything and, and go after offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Was the Harden ejection fair? Jack and I disagreed on this, the, the nut shot thing. Um, I don't think he should have gotten ejected for it. I definitely, it was a flagrant, but I don't think he did it on purpose. He, he pushes off like that all the time. He didn't okay. mean to punch him in the crotch, you know, but he did. So like punish him for it, give him a flagrant, but it just felt like a makeup. It felt like we should have kicked mm. the beat out. We were realizing. Should that they have? Then. 
What should they have kicked and beat out from a Sixers fan? Um, I mean, I I wouldn't have been like, I wouldn't have like gone after Adam Silver and said that he's rigging <laughs> okay. it. They did, but I mean, he missed. He missed the cross. <laughs> it's like so, the opposite of Harden. He, <laughs> yeah, right. So Harden hit it, but he didn't mean to. Embiid meant to, but he missed. So maybe two halves make a whole ejection. But yeah, I mean, it was stupid for Embiid to do. I, I, I get the step over is is like an insult. I get that. But as someone who's not a professional athlete who has never been stepped over in a basketball game, because I'm just <laughs> never in a position to do that, uh, I don't know that I would ever try to kick someone in the nuts if they stepped over me. Maybe I would if I was really mad and I didn't like them already. Like I, you know, I get a little dirty. I elbowed. <laughs> On the free throw line, my brother taught me. He's like, whenever you're on the free throw line, just elbow the guy next to you right in the ribs. <laughs> and I had like made some mortal enemies doing that. You know, who if I saw today, we would still maybe give each other a little look. Um, but no, I, I don't think anyone should react like that ever, uh, unless you know someone does something dirty to you that like physically hurts you or like is a cheap shot. But just like the act of just like I'm disrespecting you by stepping over you. I think it's an overreaction, and and you have to be smarter in a playoff game. Well, speaking of reactions, if somebody, let's just say, grabbed your ankle, would you stone cold Steve Austin <laughs> stomp on their chest? The greatest no, that incident deserves, ever. That deserves a, an absolute ejection. I'm sorry, and I'm fine with the suspension because it does take into account all the other dirty yeah, things. Yeah, that yeah. It's like if Kyle Lowry like for the 15th time in his career, like take somebody's knee out with his fat ass, you know, boxing him out. Uh, oh, I didn't mean to uh, undercut you while you were dunking. It was an accident. It's like, cool. Well, all right. You don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because you're a dirty player. Um, oh, man. So that's why Draymond definitely deserved what he got. And whereas Embiid, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he's done some cheap stuff, but it's not really yeah. his. I mean, he's a fun loving guy. Uh, he talks a lot of trash, but, you know, after the game is always, like, cool and everything like that. Whereas Draymond, it just, you know, he plays on an edge, and it's what, what makes him great. But the stomp was like, what are we doing? I mean, grabbing the over, ankle. He was stomping the down greatest on thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? It was the greatest thing ever because it's so over-the-top <laughs> ridiculous. Like, I didn't know he could do anything else. All the punishment was completely <laughs> warranted. Yeah. But when I woke up and I saw that the next day, that was the funniest thing. Like, I was sitting at my desk all day laughing. Like, I can't believe he did that. And then played it off. He's like, I didn't do it. I, he, That's my he thing. He, he went over to the bench and he had like a house party in front of the Kings fans, like flipping them I off. And, <laughs> and, then, and then that night, who was it, Shams? The, the, or no, I think it was Chris Haynes. You know, look, I respect all these guys, but that one was yeah. embarrassing where he was like, uh, Draymond has requested a uh, x-ray oh, that was on best. his ankle. It's like when it comes out that the guy whose ribs you just broke by stomping on them is getting x-rays on his broken ribs. And you're like, well, I'm hurt too because he held my ankle. It's like, shut up. He, he didn't let go. All right. It's not like he did nothing. He didn't let go because the ball was going the other way and he was trying to slow you down. And it was a, you know, a play that should have gotten a penalty and it did he got a foul. Right. Um, but it's not the same as stomping on him. What are we doing? Foul plus some broken ribs. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy to me. That it was like it was even funnier to see like 
the Warriors and Warriors fans defending him too. And so Clay, someone, so, Clay. Clay yeah. was out there. He was like, not cool, man. <laughs> well, someone said, said on Twitter. Someone on Twitter goes, well, what do you expect him to do when you hold his ankle? <laughs> I don't know. Not curve. Anything stomp. other than stomping on Maybe him. Maybe fall. Yeah. Or uh, I don't know, step over him. Jesus, kick him uh, in the face or something. But yeah, stopping on him? Come on. And it's like I, I I had an interaction with the Warriors fan on Twitter, and they were like, actually, if he <laughs> I said something along the lines of like he used his chest as a trampoline. And somebody said, Well, actually, if he had just stepped on him, it would have done more damage. She actually released the pressure. I said, I don't think you know how pressure works, man. I All right, guys, I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna yeah. what you just said reminded me a little bit of deflate gate and the whatever gas law uh where it was just this i mean and that was months of my life that i will never get back of having to for my job deal with that and twitter was just not a safe space back then where it was just all about like what is it noble gas or some some nonsense like everybody's a chemist i and i was i thought it was the biggest nothing burger ever i was like so what if the ball was slightly <laughs> deflated, well, it makes it easier to grip. So it makes it easier for a, def- a defender to intercept it or to steal it. I mean, come on. <laughs> if a guy wants a, a slightly deflated football, it should be fine. Mm. And he should not be suspended four games. That was nonsense. I'm team Patriots in that regard, but just the, the fans and their, you know, all becoming experts in, you know, air pressure and all this stuff and trying to explain it away. It's like what you just mentioned. <laughs> well, yeah. the pressure was released by stomping instead of stepping. I was, I was baffled. Oh, man. He's Anyways. a dirty player who gets away with way more. Like just watching that game mm-hmm. last night, he's just in the ref's face, just oh. yelling at him. And then uh, they get called for a foul later and he's just clapping. Like that's an automatic T for anybody yep. else. But because he never shuts up and he always does it, they're like, they've just decided to let things slide. I'm like, or you could just give him a technical when he deserves a technical <laughs> and he'll change his behavior mm. because you don't do it. He he continues to do it and he and he makes it so that there's a double standard. And that's should be the opposite of what the NBA wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tatum got a tech for blocking a shot after the whistle <laughs> against the. And nobody ever does that, right? Yeah, like, what are we doing? Imagine uh, the makes KG no technicals he would have had on top of being a maniac <laughs> for doing that. Uh, that Tatum one, I'm I'm honestly surprised they didn't rescind that. I was sure. Yeah. I'm like, all right, they're not going to take it back in the game, but that's that one at the you know after the game they're going to go back and rescind that because you know you get a tally and you get a suspension, so they'll pull them back if they're unwarranted. And he had one taken away. Uh, earlier in the season where he was mad at himself and he threw the ball down mm. and the, the ref thought he was talking to him mm. and, and gave him a tech. And then after the game, they did rescind it. But I just couldn't believe that, you know, the officiating was, you know, for the most part, fine in the series, but I thought last game, it was pretty bad. You know, you know, there's certain kind of bad, like you get a Mark Davis game. You're like, yeah, we're in for it. We're in for trouble. Cause he sucks. He's just really bad. And then there's other guys who are like, Oh man, I don't even know their names. This could go either way, but generally it'll be bad on both ends. Yeah. Um, you get a Scott Foster or Tony Watch Brothers it. or a Zarba, you better hope you're the home team. Um, but the you know, it was just I get like I'm so glad that Giannis has been eliminated because oh, uh man. he's you were so dependent on the ref with him and that series last year was just like I have PTSD. It was so like Trust depending me. on the ref. Giannis is either going to have seven offensive fouls or 
no Celtic will last without getting ejected from this game because they will foul out. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. I mean, I don't know if you're baseball. Are you are you a Phillies a Phillies fan from Philly? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit of a fraud last year because the first game I watched the season was the first game of the playoffs. <laughs> hey, it happens, but nothing will ever be as bad. Sam, I don't know if you saw this. I assume you might have Max. Uh, then the umpire ejecting JT Romuto behind oh, yes. the plate for just no reason. <laughs> just, just did you see this clip? Was it this year? Yeah, it, it was, was in this spring year, training. Spring training. So basically, what happened? I, I can send it. To the you umpire was he he JT's catching and he's asking for a ball, and then pulls his mid away, and the umpire drops the ball and like <laughs> he, gets, he he just ejects. It was hold up. Let me see if I can find it on my buddy's we'll an umpire, so I see all the ejections. Like we used to work together, and he would literally sit at his desk watching ejection highlights of, of dudes just tossing baseball just, players. Look, I the only thing I just want to express to all umpires, all refs, all line everything is just like it's not about you. It's just nobody comes here. It's like in hockey, the guy's dropping the puck, he's like faking it, like ah. <laughs> Drop being puck man. So we just want to watch hockey. We don't want to watch you. I mean, I, what that was like is... my first hot take as like a fourth grader going to a Flyers game and being like, refs, you just hold the ball or the puck up and go like this or this, and they don't drop it. It's not about you guys. No, it's crazy. Basically, what happened is JT Riomuto thought, you know, held it for a second. He thought the umpire was going to throw it to the pitcher instead, and so he dropped the glove. Here, I, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm it, Max. I, I assume you can see it. This ties in. It's Philly. Now, here's the action right here. And, <laughs> and he runs him. He just tosses him right away. He's just so confused. The ball was on his way, so he just figured the umpire That's was so embarrassing. Look at it's that so nerd. Bad. He's such a nerd. That, that ump. Oh, my God. Just It's so bad. I he, he's mad that he got too slowed. <laughs> Look, I didn't make fun of people in high school. I wasn't a bully. But yeah. when I see people like that, I'm like, man, I wish I was a bully. Because I would have made fun of that kid so bad. Like, what oh, kind man. of complex do you have to be to, like, become an ump and be that ump? Yeah, it's crazy. Disrespected me. Get out of here. It's insane. It's insane. Um, one of the the last things uh, I wanted to ask you. We, we talked I a lot about. If you don't ask it, that's fine. We talked a lot about hatred on the show. How you could mm-hmm. hate George Yang because he's going to be annoying during the series. We talked about uh, obviously that umpire right now. I wrote something today, and I, I need to ask you from the perspective uh, of somebody who interacts with Sixers fans. Is this what you were going to bring up as well? No. Okay, well, we'll get to both, but just how rent-free does Al Horford live in the Sixers fans' heads? Because SB Nation site for Sixers wrote an article called The Hater's Guide to the Celtics, and the number one person to hate on the Celtics for them was Al Horford. And it's crazy. (laughs) I don't think it's Al. They hate Anna. They hate Anna. They're always chirping at her on Twitter, and it's like... She had her own section in the article. I mean, it really, it's pretty crazy. It's wild. I don't know. I never hated Al ever for his Sixers time. To me, it was like, it was, he probably was the guy that where I learned, you know, as a guy, an adult, you know, with kids and a house and a job, like I finally learned that players are just going to take the money and that's normal and good and okay. And we should encourage that because it's exactly what you would do. It's what I would do. Any of us would do. He took more money to go play on a good team. It's not like he went to like some terrible team and just took the money and ran. Uh, 
He had a contract that allowed him to opt out. He was just that dumpster fire of a 2019 team and took that money. And at the time, I was really shocked as a Sixers fan, shocked as a Celtics fan. But I talked myself into it. I was like, you know, all right, I could shoot. We're losing J.J. Redick, but now we got Al. He's a good shooting center. (laughs) But, you know, obviously that was really stupid. It was a dumb, dumb decision to do. But it wasn't Al's fault. It was Elton Brand. It was the the Sixers front office. It was like stupid, stupid Sixers. And well, I don't know, like, like none of my friends that are that are Sixers fans have and said anything to me ever about Al, other than he sucked when he was with the Sixers. But it was like, okay, well, he's in the worst possible situation. You literally signed him, and he plays the same position as your best player. Like, what are you supposed to do? I mean. We're not. We're gonna have two centers, or you know, all right, call him a four if you want. But he he doesn't play like that. There's two big fives on your team. Uh, it was a bad situation, just a rotten situation, and uh, you know they got off it. They got a great trade to get Danny Green. Uh, I <laughs> thought he was a great fit for them. So you know, it's kind of like what Brad did to get off Kemba, got Al back. It was like a nice little. You know, a little contract yeah. thing there. So, I, look, I never had any ill will. I was obviously a little different situation, you know, being up here. But none of my friends, my brother, you know, they they would complain about him being bad. But they didn't, you know, when he's gone, they're not, like, holding a grudge against him. That is weird. Mm-hmm. That is really well, weird to me. Well, it's the best because he's out, still good against them. Yeah, well, I, I tweeted out the article this morning, and this was the only reply I had to the entire uh, thing was way to celebrate a guy who flat out quit his one season in Philly straight up unprofessional effort. That is why he's so reviled here and his loudmouth sister only made it more galling, but you go uh, just is a crazy amount of hatred for me because at least for my memory, obviously I'm, I'm not a Sixers guy, but like saying he quit just feels kind of wrong. It was more like the team just didn't know how to use him because like you said, they signed a center when they already had a center. And so like, what do you expect the guy to do? I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot. It's crazy. And it's not like his numbers are like so much better. And he's never like the, it was like with when Al signed with the, the Celtics for the first time, think about how many Celtics fans hate him. Average Al. Remember that? Like, yeah, that was terrible. Expect, all right, well, we're signing this, this free agent to a max contract. Or, you know, a big, huge contract, I want 20 and 10. It's like, okay, cool. We'll go look at his basketball reference page. It's not really what he does. Um, He's a great defender. He's a great team defender. He's a good passer. He just gets everything in order. He's a good screen setter. uh, And he's just a quiet leader, solid professional. And he can hit threes. And if you're asking him to replace J.J. Redick, you're going to be disappointed. You're just going (laughs) to. He's definitely not a quitter. I thought there were some games this season where he just didn't seem that interested. But again, he's an older player who, you know, who to quote Jalen Hurts, didn't go through all that, uh, didn't walk through all that fire just to smell the smoke. He was in the finals. He got there. He got a sniff of it. And now he wants to get back. And I think that was the problem with the Celtics all year. They were all like that. But with Al, it was a little bit more noticeable because he really needs to get up to really perform. And so the games where he just didn't have it, it was a little bit more noticeable. But he didn't quit. He's just being intelligent about saving his energy. And I thought he's been playing his ass off this series. I thought he was having a bad game in game six, and he turned it around and had, like, a great game. Really filled it up. (laughs) So 
My bad on that one. My bad. I was like, Jack, I, I don't Sam know if you can play this guy. He's not making threes. He's getting cooked on defense. He's like, all right, I'm going to do both. Immediately. Well, actually, maybe I should take credit. Not my bad. No, my you credit. should. You and the fan in Atlanta that was talking smack to him. He 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 responds to that. And that has been the most uh, exciting great, thing then. about Al is when he, he punched Mo Wagner in the crotch. Um, and you could see him. that little fire in him. too. And when he got really mad at Giannis last year in the playoffs, and you could just see him go. Mm -hmm. And then after the game, in classic Al, you know, just very professional, you know, almost perfect English, but slightly off. It's like, oh, I just, mm, that didn't really sit well with me. And it's just like, oh, Al, you're such a pro. <laughs> um, and to see him get uh, mad at the fan, and he always performs well against Philly, especially mm -hmm. in Philly. So they better be careful about yeah. lighting a fire under him. Because it, it it's not generally going to go your way. I'll, I'll never forget my brother won tickets to a Sixers-Knicks game, you know, probably 10 years ago and that were like uh, two rows back from the court. And we were there in, in Philly, and Carmelo was on the Knicks, and the Sixers were winning. And some fan, like probably like 10 rows behind us, just starts chirping at Carmelo, just insulting him. And Carmelo, it was the fourth quarter, just looks up at that fan and just nods, proceeds to hit like every shot and look right at that guy to the <laughs> point where there were Knicks players on the bench just clapping at that guy because he just lit a fire under a killer. And Al's not a Carmelo. He's not a killer. But if there's a guy that you know is going to respond the wrong way, maybe don't poke him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very fair. I agree. Don't poke the bear, as Dylan Brooks so aptly learned. What an idiot. What an <laughs> embarrassment. I'm embarrassed for him. Me it's too. Crazy. As someone that wanted the Lakers to lose, I'm very embarrassed for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the Grizzlies did a thing that I never thought they could do. They made me want the Lakers to win. Oh, I hate the Lakers. That's terrible. It's the thing. <laughs> I really leaned into the hatred because I feel like it's brought me closer to Celtics fans up here. Yeah. Mm. Is our shared hatred for the Lakers? Yeah, to the point where I feel like not enough people hate them enough. It's true, and I really just pour it on as much as I can. And I was like, man, the Grizzlies need to get slapped. They just need to learn a little bit. They need to like Dylan Brooks, dude. Shut up! <laughs> you're so bad. Like you're like you're good at defense. Your team is good when you're on the court, but you're not a good basketball player. You're just not, and. <laughs> Poking LeBron for it's just for pure attention. Like he's just nobody. He needs the attention to like improve his brand or whatever. And it's just so transparent. I can't stand it. And then to not do media, just be like, nah, I'm not doing media for the last year. Yeah, lean into like, it. Yeah. Have fun with it. Bozo. There's probably nothing more fun than like being a troll. Lean into it. Like no. all he had to do was come out and be like, well, he didn't score 40, so I don't respect him. I know. Like the I first know. time when they they said do media and he was like, no, that's all he had to say. Everyone would have been like, wow, this guy's hilarious. Tell me. Man. Speaking of uh, embarrassment, do you think if the Sixers fall in this series, is Doc done? Um, the Embiid injury makes it cloudy, which may not does. be good for some Sixers fans. I know some of you. I do think not like he, that. but again, it to me, it's the, what's Doc supposed to do? Like what? Like I, he might be. You know, he was hired before Daryl Morey. So, um, and the thing is that Daryl. As, like I have a lot of friends that are like, we're doomed, all this. And I'm like, man, Maury always finds a way to retool. It really, he's mm -hmm. just special like that. He can really find a way. 
Now it, it completely screws over your future, but he'll find a way to compete every single year. He's not going to give up. And if he thinks a new coach will help that, I don't know who it's going to be. A lot of people were talking about Ime, and I was like, I just don't think that's the right fit for that roster. Can you imagine him MFing Embiid and Harden and the press? That's not the kind of coach they need. I thought Doc was the perfect type of coach. Doc might just be a little bit um, stuck in his ways a little bit, in the you know, a little too old-fashioned, a little too slow. Like B-Ball Paul, you know, they Doc tried everything he possibly could to never play him. He just tried so hard. And it almost felt like because the fans and the media wanted it so bad, Doc was like – He wouldn't. He wouldn't just because <laughs> of that. It's mm-hmm. like, dude – I mean, stop putting these stiffs in, you know, DeAndre Jordan, Montrez. Like, just you have the guy. Um, <laughs> they signed and Dwayne Dedman. did, and it ended up working out. But Doc <laughs> didn't play young players ever. Like, that's always been a knock on him. Yeah. Like, Rondo was, like, the one exception. And he bought, he brought in, like, seven veterans just to, like, be there in case. So, um, I don't know. I think he's probably gone. It, it, it always felt like if you don't uh, – like the Sixers are going to make major changes if they don't get past the second round, but also they are playing the the Celtics in the second round, which is, you know, the team that I think they were expecting to see in the conference finals, the way the bracket came out, just didn't work out that way. Um, but there's a clear path. The team that wins this series, you know, is going to be the favorite no matter what uh, to move on to the, the NBA finals and could be the favorite to win the NBA finals. Um, you know, they got to play the games, but I, It'll be disappointing, I'm sure, but I don't know. It's just – I look, I would be shocked if the Sixers won, but I don't think anyone should – like, no one in Philly should be like, well, obviously it'll be bad coaching that made it. I mean, they're just – the Celtics are a really good team, and the Sixers have just generally always struggled against them. And when people ask me to pick the series, like, oh, do you think the Sixers – I'm like, the Sixers need to win a series versus the Celtics – in my life before <laughs> I will pick them Yes, to beat the Celtics. You know, like the Celtics beat them every time. So what are we going to do here? It's just how it works. That's how it's been working. Uh, all right. I-, I need to ask you, it-, it can be a yes or no if you don't want to dive into it. Is James Harden on the team next season? Um, I think yes. I think yes, and I think it'll be awful. I think it'll be for a lot of money and because I don't like maybe the Houston thing's real, but it just Jalen green. What? He gets you some Jalen green. Maybe no, maybe that's better. It's not whether I want him back. It's that I just, I don't know. I just feel like he's, he's, negotiating in the public when he's talking about the Houston stuff. When that's out yeah. there, that's him. Remember, guys, I took less money so we can get P.J. Tucker. We could tamper <laughs> get P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. You tampered. You lost a second-round pick for Daniel House? What? Fine player. Fine player, but... Not a second-round pick. I don't hey, think he won them he that made, game in Atlanta. I don't think he made a single basket in a game that I watched this season. So, um, <laughs> not worth it. But, you know... <laughs> We'll see. I think he'll come back. I think he will. Uh, I think because I think the Sixers are going to give him a contract that he'll he'll sign. But um, I don't know if that's the best thing to do, but I don't know what else they can do. But like I said, Daryl is good at rearranging things when you don't think he can. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I'll put it this way, losing one second for Daniel House or trading five seconds for Jay Crowder. You, it's really like, it's just a math thing in the NBA. At this point. I do want to dance a little bit on the Bucks' grave. Please. Because yes. that is the softest franchise. <laughs> the softest. The fan base is soft. The team's Twitter account blocked me. I never really? had them in really? ever. They searched, oh. found that I had said something about them. I don't know. I probably just called them. It may have been a picture I made of a lion spraying a bush, and I put Celtics as the lion and the Bucks as the bush. Um, <laughs> but I've been using that for years, so I don't know why. Uh, you know, all of a sudden that got them to block me. But what a soft fan base, soft team, soft star, Thanasis. Ugh. Hates him. Hate him. Him and Bud I, should just be on unemployment together. Bud absolutely should get fired. Uh, look, I like Giannis. He seems like a good person. But that thing about failure, dude, like, no, it's a failure. It's okay. Yes. You're free yes. to fail, man. You won a championship. You're an elite player. Your legacy is set. You were the one seed and you lost to the eight. You were favorites to win the championship and you lost in the first round in five games. <laughs> like, that's a failure. And when you said... Well, Michael Jordan only won six championships with those other nine uh, seasons failures. Yes. Ask Michael Jordan. He will say yes. Sam said this to me yesterday. God damn it. He will say (laughs) yes. It's a failure. And it doesn't mean that you're a failure, that your life is a failure. It means that your season was a failure. And no one's going to take you out and shoot you in the street because of it. Mm. You're not going to go to jail because you – it's like, no, it's just – it's just words that we say. It was a failure because expectations yeah. were higher. There's not going to be real consequences, like in real terms, like in life. But like the coach is probably going to get fired because it was a failure. So it like go. when at the presser, when your new coach comes in and if it, uh, anyone has the courage to say, so like if it wasn't a failure, why did your coach get fired? Oh, man. What are you going to say? <laughs> You're not going to say anything about that. Like just. Oh, dear. Just don't answer the question if you don't like it, Giannis. Come on. Even the back half of that answer was fine. All you had to do is be like, yeah, we, we didn't meet expectations, but sports, this, this, this. You know, There's no failure down, in sports. Like, there's literally half of the participants fail every single time there's a sporting event, <laughs> unless it's a tie. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? And don't knock ladders down when someone's just trying to go home, you know, see their family in Philadelphia. Oh, I forgot about that. The ladder mm. incident. He's been on my uh, my shit list ever since then. The rat list. Giannis <laughs> rat list. We, we call it the rat list. We do a rat list every episode. Uh, I was sneaking time. to ask if he had a rat list. There you go. Rat list. Yeah. Do you have any, any rats this week? So for context, we do rat list every episode. We've done one week. I was taking the tea into Boston and someone was watching TikToks full blast. No headphones. They made the rat list because that's just a rat list move. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, drivers often make the rat list. If you sneak Thanasis. out of a parking lot. Thanasis rat list. If you sneak out of the parking lot going left behind the car that I just let go, you're a rat. You know, take oh, your yeah. Exactly. So a- any rat list, it can be basketball rat list. It can be, you know, general life rat list. We're putting you on the spot here, but you had a couple. You had Giannis, you had Dylan Brooks. Thanasis also, obviously. Thanasis. Yeah. Thanasis to me is, is, is ahead, way ahead of Giannis. I mean, mm. he's, he's a only employed because of Giannis and mm-hmm. everyone knows it. And don't get yep. like muscles all of a sudden because, you know, you're in the end. Like, just shut up. Just know your role. Know your role. Stop chirping. Stop being that loud clapper. It's embarrassing. You're like Dylan Brooks. You're an embarrassment. Like I feel embarrassed 
for you. Like mm -hmm. my daughter has Giannis uh, basketball shoes, and I almost didn't get them because the NASA's name is on the bottom of them. Oh, they are. He well, that is an appropriate place for the name. Well, yeah, and someone pointed out to me, they're like, well, she stomps on them all the time. Like, good point. I'm glad I got them. But they are pretty cool. <laughs> they're pretty cool sneakers, and they were cheap. Or in our price range, I'll say. Yeah. Um, let me think. Yeah, that is – I like the, the, the car stuff. That stuff hmm. does – and, like, if you're going to cut me off, speed. Exactly. Fast, Thank you. You got to have some respect. Cut me off when I'm the only car on the road. Like, there's this space behind me exactly and then you pull out and go slow i'm like man you could have just waited like i'm speeding i'm going above the speed limit let me ask you this this is a common ratlist mm. debate topic here what is if, if how fast like say it's a, a 45 how fast are you going like what's the acceptable speed uh in a neighborhood i'll try to generally stay around the speed limit uh okay uh, you know i i don't like to go more than like five or six or seven okay. maybe over what about a highway? i don't want to get a ticket what? Sure. What about a highway? 65. How fast? Oh, oh, highway 15 for sure is good. Mm -hmm. Left lane, Thank you need you. to be willing to go as fast as the person behind you. Amazing. And if not, yes. move over. If you're not like, there's no like, well, I'm already going over the speed limit. Like you're in the left lane, man. If somebody has the urgency and they want to speed and risk Just that go ticket. Just the middle lane. Just move over. Move to the middle lane, man. Yep. Do it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, and it bothers me when people don't even give me the opportunity to move over sometimes when they're like right up yep. on my, I was like, man, I can't move over and I'm just waiting to get past this car. Just give me a second here. And they get all mad at me and it's like, come yep. on, we're on the same team here. Yeah. I agree. This is amazing. I love it. <laughs> I'll Very last thing. That. Please. Yes. Um, Scal not going to be on games because they don't have the games going forward, but he will be on pre and post, I'd imagine. Oh, so yeah, he'll him. be in the office every day. Hurricane Scal. <laughs> Can you perhaps uh, say don't celebrate anytime some guy might be hurt? No, what, what the thing that he does that bothers me all the time, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, I just need you to stop being honest about these calls. Like, disagree with the ref <laughs> once. <laughs> Like Tommy is up there rolling in his grave, man. Like he he would see a replay of a Celtics player slapping another player in the face. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like I just need you to either just be quiet or lie. It's okay. We lie all the time. We tease things. Hey, coming up, we'll hear from Jason Tatum. We know Jason Tatum's not going to sit down in time for us to get him in our show. But you know what? We're going to tease it anyway because maybe. Like. You, it's okay to just be a little bit dishonest to the audience. Well, yeah. or just don't just don't agree with the ref every single time. Oh, nope, that's the right call. It's a no-brainer there. It's like scowl. And it's like not like I'm disagreeing with him, but it's like it for some reason it really triggers me when he does that. And when he's in the office, I always tell him that. And he doesn't <laughs> care what I say. <laughs> Amazing. That, the two for one and the two yeah, for he one gets very excited for injuries. He's All like, right. oh, that guy's yeah. dead. Two for ones for me are the worst. Oh no, yeah, the injury. Oh, so that's what you're talking about with the injuries thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that is really funny because it's so true. Uh, it's like, oh no, oh no, Derek White's oh, no, like this guy. Tatum's Marcus, done. Marcus can't move, and it's just like, no, he's completely fine. And like, yeah. he'll dwell on it for a really yeah. long time too. It's like, he's up, he's walking around. Like, uh, it's rare for a player to die on the court. It happens, but yeah. it's like. Twice ever. It like, does come happen. On, man. 
He's probably like alive. Yeah. He's ready. Well, if it ever happens, he's ready. He's, he's ready, ready for the call. Scal- <laughs> He'll Scal- be the guys with the call. He's on that from the beginning. He's the only one that saw that that player lost a limb. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, Scal on the uh, we we need to go back in time. Have AI play Scal on the Gordon Hayward injury. See what his call would have been for when oh, Hayward man. went. Down. I don't know if he's going to survive. We that. were robbed of an excited Scal. Yeah, I always feel oh, like man. nobody gets more excited for an injury than Scal. I'm like, up oh, Scal, very excited that Marcus got hit in the balls. Oh man, yeah, but those are the best moments because whenever Marcus falls, it, there's a fifty percent chance that it's because he got hit in the balls. Like it really, <laughs> he takes them a lot. And I'm always trying to like, because I'm at work, be professional. But if I'm in the control room when it happens, I really gotta, you know, because I got a microphone, I got a little headset mm-hmm. here, and they record it to make sure that we're not saying anything inappropriate, which is mm. lame. Uh, but yeah, so I always gotta be careful because I like, man, I got. I was like, man, I hope he's got some some sperm frozen because that man takes a lot of dick shots. And like, oh, oh, I'm work. sorry. Apologize, boss. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, we can get you out of here quick yes. as we wrap up. Very I need to ask time. you because you. it it has added content. Thank you for your time. We very, very much appreciate it. Suns Nuggets. Just who's your pick? Who's your pick in the series? Um, I'll go Suns. <clears throat> Suns. Uh, just because I think it's funny. The Suns are shooting 55% from the field and 40% from three and are down 17 at the half right now. Wow. To the Nuggets. They oh, have taken that game on. Yep, they the have first taken... quarter though. <clears throat> first quarter. Let me check right here. I think I bet the first uh, quarter. I can't remember. That's what I saw. Um... <laughs> uh, the Suns won the first quarter by one point. Oh my God. 32 to 31, but then proceeded to lose 37 to 19 in the second quarter. And I, I only bring this up because I saw a tweet from Greeny. And he said the Suns have a basketball math problem, and that's because they've taken five threes in the first half, and the Nuggets have taken seventeen and made nine of them. So the thing with the Suns that you, that, that worries me is that they are so thin, and their mm. one you know bad warm up with Durant from <laughs> not having enough players to play and be don't tell Scout. Right, he'll be like, "Oh, did you see that warm up?" He's gonna watch the warm ups and like get. He's like, <laughs> "Does he place bets on injuries during games?" <laughs> no, I don't think he does. No, he like he was a lot more enthusiastic at the beginning of our our betting experience, and now it turns into make Max do all the parlays and then blame him when they don't go, and then take all the credit when they hit like the other night. Him and Forsberg just really having a good time with the same game parlay hitting, and I'm I'm in the control. In their ear saying, Give me my credit. Give me my credit. <laughs> Scal's face is like he's holding back a smile. He's just not doing it on purpose. I'm like, and right before he took his headset off, I was like, I just want you to know that I'm never gonna forget this. So <laughs> jerk. That's amazing. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, we will let you go. We've held you for long enough. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh King of the Lower Thirds, by the way. They never they never failed to impress. It's just amazing. Do you have a favorite lower third from the season? Sorry, I said I'd let you go, then I lost. <laughs> Um, just... from this year, um, oh, so it wasn't one that I did. My friend Mark, who uh, who does a lot of the good ones too, uh, he had one, he took the L out of the Jalen, and I think it was it was it against the Lakers. And he's like, he's mm, like, yes, I remember gave this the L to the Lakers or whatever. And it Great. was, it was just, I, I saw it, I didn't see that till it went on the screen. I was like, oh my god, that's so good, so phenomenal. Good. He's also the one that did the Schroeder one with the Westbrook, which is also against the Lakers. That one that caused a bit of a stir, but that was that was legendary as well. So, 
that was my favorite. I don't remember uh, this year if I've had any really good ones. Um, you know, I, I honestly, some of my best are against the Sixers because I love Embiid like a lot. He's my favorite player. He's my kids. My kids have his jersey, but mm-hmm. I just bring it against, you know, it's like I overcompensate a little bit, you know, because I don't yeah. want people to think I'm a Sixers fan <laughs> because I'm not. I really am not. Like, you just get to a certain point where you're like, you know, I don't like me wanting a team to win doesn't really matter. It just, it's yeah. just want good basketball. It's better for me if the Celtics win because um, the season goes on longer. Yeah. And God, can you imagine what an awful summer it would be if we had to just listen to the takes on the radio about, oh, the Celtics, <laughs> just Tatum can't win, Jalen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, no, imagine we, getting bounced in the first round. Couldn't be me. I mean, yeah, it'd be tough. Uh, as a favorite, well, too. We were, yeah. we were at, there was one point during game six where we all looked at each other like, blow it up. We're like, just <laughs> lose, losing seven. Get Joe out of here. Trade all the stars. <laughs> Fire Brad, sell the team, change the logo, change the color, move city. You know, it's just like disaster. We were ready. Oh man! That's the All right. Well, I promise I'm not lying this time. We will let you get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. You can follow Max on Twitter, Max underscore Letterman, uh, NBC Sports Boston behind the scenes. Even though Scal refuses to give him credit, he's there. Mm. Uh, don't you worry. So thank you, we'll Max. Give you we credit. appreciate it again. Yeah, you can get the credit here anytime. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I always have a good time coming on. Of thank course, you. appreciate it. And a huge thank you once again to Max for joining us on the show. Uh, big preview of six Sixers Celtic series, obviously. Uh, but obviously, we're in Boston, so we kind of have to talk about all the sports. Sam and I do not follow the Bruins. We don't particularly care, less. care. Could not care less. Better them than fan, the Celtics. If you're a fan of Bannertown, you remember Liam and Danny, my friends. We used to do a podcast. Uh, we don't do it anymore. But they are huge Bruins fans, and I'm. we're just going to let them – talk about it because i will preface it the bruins had the best record ever (laughs) and then they they, did what teams with the best record ever do in the ninth one lead not only the best record they they were the best hockey team ever by by every margin please feel free to step on my throat yeah i appreciate (laughs) it thanks (laughs) but danny has a story yeah one of you went to the game the other did not yeah, so um, me and Liam have a friend, Kevin. Kevin's family has season tickets. Kevin calls us uh, yesterday afternoon. It's like, hey, guys, um, my parents are going to the game. I'm going to the game. One of you is coming with me. Um, I can't decide who, uh, but you guys have to decide. So we did what every, every rational person does, and we – Spun a wheel with both of our names on it in a best of seven series. Mm. I quickly went up on a three-one lead, barely Disaster. losing, barely losing on the third game um, to a like it was a centimeter or so. Liam, you can attest. Here. Yeah, it was. And we just put a random wheel and we spun okay, it okay, with okay. both of our names on it, and it was a it, centimeter. It was almost a clean sweep for me to go to the game. Um, Liam then pulled off the upset, um, beat me in seven, four, three. I choked a three, one lead. Um, very, uh, telling of the series that was to come. Um, and went to the game tonight. 
Um, I'll be the first one to say it. It's an all-time show shop. I have yeah. seen three, three regular season records in my life. Patriots undefeated season. The New England Revolution. People sleep on the Revolution. They went, they won the most points ever. They choked in the first Shut round, up. lost in PKs. And mm. now the Bruins have lost in a game seven overtime. <laughs> um, people say being a Boston sport fan is easy. They say, hey, you've got a lot of, they say, hey, you got a lot of trophies. I'm sorry, like it's not easy. It's not easy. But here's what I'll say. No, Celtics it's... in five, baby. Celtics in five. We're back. Um, speaking I'm of right the Celtics. Back. I'm right back. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. Philly couldn't do this. Philly cannot do this. Jack uh, retweeted a video I took. We had Grant and Derek White as the. He made Celtics Reddit. I didn't yeah. tell you. Oh, look at me. I'm famous. Uh, and Joe Mazzula <laughs> was on screen with our friend Kevin, the one who invited us, his personal jujitsu coach, and Joe Mazzula, best friends. Wow. Connections. There you go. Um, I've never heard that building cheer louder than for that, for the entire game. There was not one moment in that game where they cheered louder than when they saw Grant and Derek. Uh, now, we <laughs> tweeted about this. Grant might have screwed them. <laughs> Because he waved the flag. There was two of them there, one flag. Generational hater, and I respect this. <laughs> it's one of the things I love about you. That was not Grant's fault. Not that, Grant's that fault. Okay. Done on Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know when it was supposed to be done. Game five. It should have been wraps. Wednesday. Put a bow on it. Yep. Done. It, it, it was a harrowing Go. feeling to be. As somebody that is a big Bruins fan and a big Celtics fan, I can't remember a time where I felt a stadium more fed up with a team than when we were losing because the Bruins would enter the zone and they would just sit on it and everybody in the stadium would be like, fucking shoot the puck and boo. I've never seen a team that good be booed in a game seven at home. It it was destined to lose from the start. (laughs) Hand up. Hand up. up. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I'm not really a booing guy. My mom objectively hates booing. Like we go really? to games and she I'm pro booing. I'm pro booing when like they boo the other team and like mom, like you know, like some things are bigger. Um, <laughs> this team should have been booed off the ice. Yeah, I agree. Like, this is embarrassing. I have no investment in this, but if. After the final goal went in, they should just boo them. This well, is Boston, Massachusetts. This is a hockey town. It is. And we are going to choke away a lead, a 3-1 series lead to the Florida Panthers. You want to know what's going on in Sunshine, Florida? You want to know what they have? What do they have? A Rainforest they Cafe. Have, they have a Rainforest they have a Cafe. Team. They have a hockey team. And they have the world's largest outlet mall. And well, they that's also have second round series. That's it. Oh. <laughs> Sam, Sam, you are lucky. For, you are lucky. I'm lucky I'm behind the screen. Celtics okay. Oh you are lucky. I, I will say. On your downfall. This, this was one of the more remarkable losses because. Not only did they lose in overtime, but they were winning with a minute to play. 
Yeah, you give up a goal with a minute left. It's you're, you're losing that game. I don't know what to tell you. I don't like to make excuses. Bergeron's playing with a herniated disc in his spine. Shut the fuck you know, up. Shut the fuck I, up. <laughs> I him and Giannis. I don't give a shit how they lost. They lost. Period. Mm. Yeah. I, this is no Giannis uh, fucking bullshit. This do, he, was yeah, do you failure. think Giannis failure. would say this is a failure or no? I would say this is a failure. This is an <laughs> okay. absolute and utter failure. You choked. You are choke artists. The, the other angle of it being a failure, not only because you choke, we went all in this year. You know, a lot of these guys are injured. A lot of these guys are old. A lot of these guys are expensive. You know, you make the best team ever in the history of the sport and you don't win, you're fucked. You're losers for all time. And then you have to go into a rebuild. So or, let me ask this. I spent most of the season when we were mad at the Celtics. We kind of rationalized it how like this Celtics team isn't a generationally good team, right? They're a great team. They can win the finals, but they're not that good. Uh, the Bruins was generationally a good team. So how does it feel that the Celtics won more playoff games than? Well, this is approaching being dirty. <laughs> the best I, team. I think it's different because mm-hmm. we're not a generational team. Because well, and- because I remember after the Celtics lost Game Five that you guys texted me a lot of shit. Uh, no, 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 no. I waited till the next day. Jack okay, the next day, out, sure. Zach was out here praying on my downfall. Jack, the fucking Omar goal goes in in game five. Jack goes, so what are we doing? Like, Jack, I literally just stormed home for the past 15 minutes in a drizzle. And it's I'm right. drizzle, just pissed off. And Jack was like, so what's going on with the Bruins? Like, Jack, I checked in with you as my Celtics guy. Because, you know what? Hand up, diehard Celtics fans. Celtics are going to win the championship this year. Um, I've only watched game one. That's... Of the playoffs? Yeah, Liam, that's... have you watched more? I, I have watched every single game. Okay. okay. So far. Yeah. yeah. Like... I'm, I'm here. You gotta for watch it. these games, man. No, this is Danny, this is it. This is what you when sit I around text- all season for. You gotta watch them. Jack, when I texted you just saying what happened, it's because I was genuinely curious. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Uh, what what about all the other texts where you were shitting on the team? What about I uh, just they probably deserved it. I, uh, in, fair, in fairness to Danny, they probably deserved it. <laughs> you know this about me. I am a generational. Jason Tatum hater. Okay. <laughs> I have always said this is something I can get behind. Tatum is a very skilled basketball player, but he has never had that dog in him. Not in game <laughs> six against Milwaukee. Bars. Uh, I, I, am I, I wrong? Go ahead. Am I wrong? Look me in my eye. Look me in my eye. Real good in game six against the Hawks. He actually had a really good game. Congrats! I could beat the Hawks playing pickup. <laughs> I that's also I, true. I like Jason Tatum because Damn, I can watch. I, I put fifty on Trey Young's head. <laughs> I can watch Jason Tatum play basketball and be like, "Man, this guy sucks. He's not him." And then I look at a stat line, and he drops like twenty nine. And the I'm stat like, line is fake. That's why your eyes are telling you the real story. And eye tests can only do so much. You know, I like my they eye can tests. just tell you the truth. 
But if you're That's contributing, okay, this is we don't need to get into this. This is hockey. We're we're dealing with heartbreaks. Um, I wanted to circle Jack said like generational the way we lose. We're not generational in the sense that we have like a Jason Tatum or a Giannis. We just have a bunch of guys that are just playing their absolute best of their careers for no reason whatsoever. And Ooh, it's not Bruins? sustainable. Yeah. You know, you have like well, Taylor. I meant I meant more in the sense that they, by the definition, were a generationally good. They literally yeah. were the best. <laughs> yeah. Ever. It, <laughs> you know, looking no, back. No, I'm gonna, Liam, 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 Liam. The, look at uh, Jackson and like this ruin is his a generational choke job. <laughs> oh, it's a generational choke job. Yeah. No, you don't... no, this team was generational. They're the best team in hockey. They will never be beat again. Like record wise, it's going to take fifty plus years for a team to beat this record. Got beat four times. Sam, Sam, <laughs> I just killed Jack. <laughs> Look at oh. him. Oh man! Wait, Danny, wait a can second. you see all of us on your phone? I forget I how sure it works can. on the phone. I sure wait, can. So let me get this straight. The Florida Panthers lost 32 games in the regular season. Jack, it's actually not Jack, that many compared Jack, to like some of the Jack, NBA teams in well, the playoffs. Four, Jack, 42 and 32 Jack, and eight. So Jack, okay. the Celtics laid down in game six in the NBA finals. I really don't need you to come at me like this. I really don't need it. Because you know it's what? Like, it's like I need to Google. Still- I need to Google. When was the last time the Bruins made the finals? 2019. They lost in game what, seven what? where they failed to show up. Mm, I rooted very hard against the Bruins in that game. <laughs> I know you did. that series. Because had the Bruins won, the Celtics would have been the only team that didn't win the title. <laughs> I, I think, Danny, you're going to hate me for this, but I think it's time we label the Bruins a choking team. It's... <laughs> Liam, I think we need to label you as a bitch ass fan. Okay. Hey, Danny, let's name every the the last couple playoff series. What happened? Choked away game seven. Okay. All right. Choked away. Choked away against the Kings. This year choked. Last year was not a choke job. They were the worst team. Okay. Year before that. Is that the bubble? Bubble. No. 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 It was um. Right after COVID, it was right when fans got back. They lost to oh, they lost the Islanders in the second round, but they got banged up. Because I, I remember watching really, it. I don't really caught. I don't really put that one on them. They kind of just got injured and you know just lost to a more physical team. I don't put that one really as a choke job. You Could've you choke team, against but... St. Louis in the Stanley Cup Finals, Chicago in 2013. You're not beating Chicago. You know I'll I'll give it to you. 2011, you you got out choked. The Canucks out. The Canucks out choked you. We should have choked that series away, but they out choked us. I, I think it's like the sadness talking, but you know, nostalgia's a bitch. <laughs> this team is not good. Uh, yeah, we we just wanted to have you guys on to get your thoughts. Here. We thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Me? Oh. No, no. Liam's an absolute hater. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm hurt. All right, well, you weren't there. Yeah, Danny, it's not I, my I, fault. Danny, are you going to be watching the second round of the playoffs for the Celtics? I'll be living and dying by every great. Jack, I'm the... hold on. Let's get alive. Oh, Danny is switching the camera. I only I can only assume um, backwards. I don't know, but his audio cuts out whenever he switches that, so I don't really know what Danny's up to. Just record the outro over. 
Uh, yeah, we're going to wrap up here in a sec. Uh, Could you not hear me? Could you not hear no. me? No, not when you're out of the app, no. Oh, uh, I, was, I was dropping into DraftKings to put a Celtics future on. Oh, love oh. it. <laughs> love to see Well, actually, that. what you want to do is play the other team. <laughs> Sam takes Celtics insurance. I literally uh, bet $70 won. on the Hawks after the Celtics lost game five. <laughs> I really think that's the most pussy shit I've ever No, <laughs> No, it's not. I'm willing to put my money on the line for wins. Sam, I paid seventy dollars for them to win Game Six. I went to the <laughs> national championship of NCAA. Yes, and you want to know what I did? What'd you do? I spent one hundred eighty on the ticket, and I put one hundred forty on Quinnipiac money line because I'm not a coward. Did that make your ticket free? <laughs> it was so free. Did it pay for your ticket? Like, no. Did the winning bet pay for your ticket? Both the Amazing. bets pay for both the tickets, Jack. Amazing. It was he always it. the Bobcats. Love to see it. That was Did you guys, Did you guys know Quinnipiac is national champions right now? Yeah. Yes. Let me ask you this. Would you trade – you could only have one, right? Obviously, we, we know what happened. But, like, if you could have if you could have had the Quinnipiac lose national championship for the Bruins to win the Stanley Cup playoffs oh, this year, would you trade? That's a good one. Do I know what the like? Do I know if Quinnipiac loses, the Bruins win it all? Yes, that's your trade. This is really tough because, like, hand up, I cried when Quinnipiac won the national title. I just, like, I believe it. you. I, just, like, I watched it. I was watching it on my TV because I knew you were there. Yeah, I fully sobbed. Um, this is tough. If I were you, I uh, wouldn't trade it because the Bruins could be back, whatever. But like, who who knows? You know yeah, what I'm saying? it's hard for me to trade it. Um. It's first ever, right? It's their first in school history. First ever. We were D2 school 20 years ago. That's crazy. Coach built it. Like, it's a whole thing. Like, I don't know. It was just an incredible moment. Plus, 10 seconds into overtime. My harp was off the entire game. I don't know. I I can't trade that for for the world. Here's what I'll tell you, though. Mm -hmm. Here's what, for the listeners at home. Listeners at home. Buy tickets. Go to the games. Because you know what? The Celtics are the balls. They're yeah, going to win it all. We can close it there. You Liam, any, any closing thoughts to, to go. Uh, I'm now famous on Celtics Reddit. You know, that's all I want to say. <laughs> all right. Love it. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us. We appreciate Max, obviously, earlier for joining us. Mm. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Leave us ratings on Spotify and Apple, all that good stuff. And as usual, I'll let Sam wrap us up. Yes, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you are on YouTube at How About Them Celtics. You make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, make sure you don't miss our live streams live before every Celtics playoff game and regular season game 30 minutes before. And this series on halftime shows, except game three. So make sure you subscribe, leave likes, comments. We appreciate all of it. On top of that, you can follow us on social at How About Them C's. TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter were there, and Facebook is the name of the pod. Pre-game streams there as well. You can follow Jack at Jack's Money NBA. He's doing all kinds of good work at Celtics blog. He wrote about Celtics aren't fine in the East. It's a new one. Make sure you go check that out. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA for me, uh, for my tweets rather about uh, the Knicks being terrible. That's it for us. Check, Jacko. Come on.